Today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network is presented by Saucony and the limited edition Endorphin Pro Plus. Saucony made waves when they launched the carbon-plated Endorphin Pro racing shoe last summer, and one of the secrets to their success was how closely they worked with their pro athletes to design and develop it. 209 marathoner Jared Ward was deeply involved in the early product trials and testing, and everyone from Jared to Parker Stinson and Laura Thweet set personal best wearing the final product. But the thing about pro athletes is that they're never really satisfied. You can give them the latest and greatest gear, but they're always dreaming about what's next. They're looking for whatever can get them a little faster a little bit more efficient on race day. So when their athletes started testing the Endorphin Pro 2, they told Saucony that they loved it, but they wanted an even lighter version. Something with the same incredible pop and propulsion, but with an ultralight upper. A shoe purely meant for going all out on race day. So the Saucony team went to work, stripping away anything that wasn't essential and swapping out materials for lighter, smoother, and more breathable ones. They obsessed over every swatch and stitch, cutting weight as they went. The result is the Endorphin Pro Plus, a shoe that's tailored for speed. With Saucony's super responsive Power Run PB foam and their signature S-curve carbon fiber plate, it's no wonder that this shoe has been making waves all over the Sneaker Watch Instagram accounts. So mark your calendars for September 28th when you can snag a pair of the limited edition Endorphin Pro Plus on Saucony.com. It is super limited. You'll also get to see the shoes in action at a special test event taking place in Germany on September 22nd. And until then, check out Saucony's current lineup, including the Endorphin Pro 2 and the Endorphin Speed 2, another played fan favorite for speed and tempo runs. Thanks to the support over on Patreon, and a special thanks to Travis Downen for joining the Supporters Club on there. Your dollars help us pay our new podcast producer, Mike, who's been crushing it in his first month on the job. The funds also go towards planning for major events coming up, like our fall marathon coverage. I'll be in Chicago and New York. And then the big year will obviously be 2022 with USA's and then the World Championships in Eugene, Oregon. So if you enjoy what we're doing, support us over at patreon.com slash you can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount that you feel comfortable with over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Shout out to Jake Willard, who just paid us $28.50 because he just he sent a little message that said, I just completed a 2,850-mile solo road trip and spent countless hours catching up on the pod. Thanks for keeping me company on the drive. Thanks so much for listening, Jake. Another way you can also show your love is by picking up a t-shirt or sweater over at SidiousMag.com and hitting the merch tab. We surpassed 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts, and this helps us populate onto people's feeds as a recommended show on Apple Podcasts. And it allows p- possible sponsors to see what listeners think of the show and then could invest in Sidious Mag. So it all helps. It goes a long way. And it takes just a minute to leave a review and rating. So I greatly appreciate it if you can do so. Thanks again to everyone who has taken the time to do so. My guest for this episode is Joe Pavey. She is a five-time Olympian for Great Britain. She is a 2007 World Championship bronze medalist in the 10,000 meters, despite finishing fourth in that race, because afterwards she was upgraded to the podium following a retesting of the anti-doping samples that found that Elvin Abelagese of Turkey had tested positive for a banned steroid. However, the upgrade didn't happen for 10 years after the race, so it really really did affect the course of her career. We talk about that and how she continued to press forward for years with her own doubts. She's also the 2014 European champion in the 10K, which she says is the other proudest moment of her career because it came when she was 40 years old and as a mother. 
She just celebrated her 40th birthday and has plans to continue racing, so you'll learn more about the keys to her longevity. Apologies for the distorted audio in the first minute of the interview. I hadn't turned Joe's mic all the way up, but quickly resolved that issue, and the rest of the interview is totally fine. It was super fun to sit down with Joe alongside my recurring co-host, Kyle Merber, before we commentated at the Saucony Fast Future 10K in Essen, Germany. So without further ado, here is Joe Pavey. Oh, yeah. I want to be able to reference. Perfect. All right. We are here with Joe Pavey live in Germany. It's been a while since we've done a live episode. I guess since the trials, They're right? so much better. Yeah. It's more so fun. much better. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. That's wonderful for me. Thank you. So... I guess we just wrapped up having a little bit of a live presentation in front of a lot of Saucony retailers and, and people within uh, the company. And I, I guess one of the first things we did was introduce uh, you and a couple other Saucony athletes to the, the audience. And we asked for where you're from and like your proudest running achievement. And you went with uh, the bronze at uh, the World Championships years ago. And uh, with such a vast and long career, I kind of want to get started right with that high point. I was like, why was it that you chose that moment in particular? Um, I actually chose two moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The World Bronze, but also probably the most special moment was the second one, I said, which was winning the European gold when I was over the age of 40 at a time when um, I least expected to get a medal. Um, going back to the bronze medal, um, don't want to waffle on about this too much, but it was a bit, bittersweet moment because I was actually only fourth on that day yeah. and I got awarded the bronze retrospectively. But it was just, you know, when I eventually got it, which was 10 years actually mm-hmm. after the race. But um, I did receive the medal um, during the London World Championships, but my children were there, my husband and my children weren't even born when I did the race and it was special. But um, I think still more special was winning that European gold because um, I'd got to a point in my career where I thought right okay that stage of my career is over I'm still just loving the sport and um, I was coming back from having a baby and thinking could I just try and make the team just one more time and thinking that was probably unrealistic and not in my wildest dreams did I think there was a chance of a medal and um, when I won the gold I couldn't believe it but it it taught me a lot about having that happy balance, um, enjoying the sport and and also not putting any sort of limits on what you might still be able to achieve as you get older. And it was just a lot of fun. Got a lot of banter about being old, of course, but that was all good fun. <laughs> yeah. The question. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you'd finished fourth and got bumped up to third. And I was wondering this actually, you know, when we were on stage. Do you have animosity about that or, you know, the fact that that moment was stolen from you then? Or, you know, I guess you turned it into a real positive by saying that you were able to then get the medal with your children there. So I I guess, how do you look back on that? It was very bittersweet and I did feel frustrated um, straight after the race because I'd given it my all. The conditions are really hot. And of course... um, the athlete that subsequently got found to be doping of course when you're in the sport at that level you do have your suspicions mm-hmm. anyway because um someone this athlete was training with was already had been caught and um but you know you can't talk about those things in the media of course you don't because in, you know, if there's no actual definite proof but I think that's the frustration that unfortunately you do have your suspicions but never did I think that they would actually catch the person 10 years later and it's all good credit to 
better testing and things and they could go back and look at that sample but um, it was definitely bittersweet because I was fourth I'd missed that moment on the podium and um, I could never get that back but. So if, I, I'm so curious and I always think you know it's it's this is why I love doing the podcast thanks for having me on Chris um, <laughs> if you had finished third you know, in the actual race, do you think that would have changed the trajectory of your career in any way? Like, did you maybe have that little bit of extra motivation having finished in that tough fourth spot and having that, you know, I guess, urgency to try to make it back? Because it's always like, right, the podium, they they go on to get bigger appearance fees and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that you probably lost out on for like the next couple of years, right? Yeah, I definitely would have missed out on stuff like that. And um, of course, like, I just felt like I'd let my family and my friends down and everyone that supported me because I'd nearly got a medal it was very close and I couldn't quite get one it wasn't like I was trailing in fourth you know it was very close and I felt like I'd really had the emotion of feeling like I'd let everyone down and then you go into the next winter thinking right back to the drawing board what do I need to change what am I doing wrong whereas actually you could have gone into that winter thinking oh I've had some success here you know and so you've got all that and trying to make up for it and then going into the Beijing Olympics I trained really hard but I got food poisoning and I didn't perform as I hoped and then it was like another oh I haven't um, done what I was hoping I could do and um, but I've always just loved the sport and it's not all about just trying to achieve things it's about meeting amazing people having amazing experiences and that's what I'm really taking from my career and um, now being with Sockney the people are just amazing mm-hmm. yeah we were just speaking yeah. about that before we hit yeah. record and you, so I'm you, just loving it yeah so you've had the opportunity you know you've been sponsored by a few different brands we're obviously yeah. here in Germany at a Sockney event how has the whole experience been being with Sockney? We're talking about how cool yeah, it is to be at an amazing. event like this. Yeah, and this event is so exciting. You know, we're so excited about the Endorphin Pro Plus and we're all getting to race in it tonight. And it's just lovely as all being here, you know, um, Sockney are really innovative with their technology and we're all celebrating the new shoe that's out and showcasing it tonight. And it's just so lovely here being able to chat to everyone and I've never been happier with the people I'm working with you know I'm really saying that genuinely it's just been amazing and it's definitely added to the enjoyment as well as having the great products that I can run in and train in racing yeah Chris you would know nothing about this but it does make a really big difference when (laughs) you know you're running professionally and you feel like you're part of the company yeah definitely and obviously the range of shoes you've got the great racing shoe that we're showcasing tonight but also trail running I absolutely love and I've got the Exodus which I love to do a lot of trail running in and then the ride in the Triumph to do my mileage on the tarmac it's just there's so much choice and that's been really a great thing as well where are we at this point in in your career because uh, I remember kind of in prepping for this event doing a quick like Google News search for your name and seeing like what recent articles have come up. And I, th- I think I remember one of them was like that you were going for your sixth Olympics. And so mm. how, I guess, have you still kind of, because you've forayed into trails and, and a little bit longer stuff, but like uh, that competitive itch, like it's still alive, it's still going. And so where where are we at this point in your career? Because you just celebrated a birthday like two days ago, right? Yeah, I'm even older now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 48 now. So obviously I'm not really in my prime now, but I'm still just loving it. I mean, whether or not I could have made six Olympics, I don't know. It was a big ask and I was closer to maybe achieving that before the first lockdown. You know, mm-hmm. um, when the first lockdown happened the previous March, um, I was a week from my first race. I trained really hard all winter. And then like many people going into the pandemic, I found myself 
only been able to run from the doorstep, couldn't travel to any training facilities. I couldn't get access to a track for 13 months. So when I could finally get on the track, I only had then five weeks to try and turn myself into an Olympic qualifying standard athlete. And it was all... um, um, tricky and obviously homeschooling the delights yeah. of that and just things came into play and whether I would have been able to do it I don't know it was a big ask but it just became um, a more sort of taller order as it got closer but you know it was just brilliant to see the athletes who did achieve going out to Tokyo and how well they all did under the difficult circumstances but for me I'm just still loving my running I still love going down the track I love setting myself targets there's always more to try and achieve new experiences to get you know I'm even thinking of maybe trying an ultra or some trail running races in in the future but I just love running so I always just keep going in some way so I was you know, looking at your personal best, and one stood out in particular, it's, you know, your mile time is 4.30 from 1997. <laughs> what advice would you have for younger pros who want to have that same longevity that you've had in your career? I think um, listen to your body, um, always have good products, you know, like now with the innovative shoes coming out, you know, there's been a lot of talk today about how that's really protecting your legs. I've really noticed that you can go and run on the tarmac in the shoes and recover. So you've got to think about footwear and recovery, listen to your body, but also good nutrition. I mean, without going on about this point too much, I've unfortunately seen a lot of athletes come into the sport, have a couple of good years, and then unfortunately um, suffer with eating problems, and then their career is cut short just at a time when they were making those big stride forward. So I've always um, eaten well, made sure I have enough calories on board to sustain what I'm doing. Um, Always listen to my body, always try to train on different surfaces, and have a really sort of good training plan and schedule but very much treat it as a flexible plan so you've got these sessions you want to do and then just think okay actually I need an extra day or when you're actually doing the session you're thinking okay get the bog standard endurance work done and only tack the speed work on the end if you haven't got any niggles but I found during my career um, to get results it's it's a lot about prioritizing the important aspects of training like when I went to my first Olympics in Sydney in 2000 I'd had a knee operation I'd been out the sport for two and a half years and making my way back to running in that Olympics I got in the final I didn't do that well in the final but I was so pleased to be there and the longest run I did was 35 minutes and I did a lot of um, running on a cricket pitch and I did one track session a week but I took it right back to just doing a 35 minute run but I did 15 minute tempo runs on a cricket pitch where I'd be like really pushing myself but I didn't do any mileage I just thought right what do I need to run a good 5k and focused on that and I think if you do that you can then add back in other elements like more mileage maybe strength and conditioning because taking it back a few more years like you said I made my first international after coming back from backpacking around the world (laughs) and um, I got really fit when I was backpacking and um that was kind of flexible because I was enjoying myself sightseeing and, you know, didn't really think I was going to be an international athlete when I came back. So I wasn't like worried if I missed bits of training and stuff. So I made my first world championships in Athens in 1997. But then I made the mistake of thinking, right, I've done this off backpacking. Now I want to <laughs> add in this. I want to add that. I want to get faster, stronger and try to add everything in. And that was really what led to me being out for two and a half years. So it's all about prioritizing. And as you get stronger, stronger and more experienced add things in very carefully I think so I you know of course physically some really good advice there but for me personally by the time I was 29 mentally 
it was so tough to keep getting up again and again and again. How have you been able to do that for so long on the mental side of, you know, ups and downs throughout your entire career and still going? I think enjoyment. I love running. Um, I love setting myself goals. But I think it's just taking one stage at a time. I remember when it was announced, I think it was in 2005 maybe, that the Olympics was going to be held in London in 2012. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember... Um, saying to me, oh, it's such a shame. Um, I'll be retired by then. You know, just thinking, even though I don't want to be retired, I didn't think it would be realistic. And then just taking one year, year at a time and then, um, you know, focusing on, oh, actually, maybe I can get to this Olympics that's on home soil, which is an amazing experience. And then going to that Olympics and then getting my PB for 10K when I was more or less 38. I thought, well, well I've just got a PB. I might as well carry on more. And I'm always like taking each year at a time, looking at the next target, getting excited about all the different mini goals along the way to get to that target. But most of all, just enjoying it. I mean, I've met amazing people. I've had so many wonderful experiences. And um, yeah, I've never like started my career and think, right, I'm going to go for like this many years because it's always just one bit at a time. And I've you know loved every minute of it. What's it been like, I guess, watching at least like the recent, I guess, next step up that women in the UK have taken on the track? Because, I mean, coming away with a couple medals from uh, the Tokyo Games, Keely Hodgkinson at yeah. 19 years old looks like wow. she's yeah. a talent that's here to stay. Laura Muir has been on a tear. You just came back, Kyle, from, from commentating at um, the fifth half mile, and that was, you know, double British win there. So it's like things are on the up and up even after 2012 where they had like that golden yeah. half hour or whatever it was um, where it was like three golds in 30 minutes, I think it was and with Mo, Greg, and, and uh, Jessica Ennis. So like for you, I guess, to, to watch just the, the next step uh, and this next generation continue to like carry the, the torch, what's that been like? Yeah, it's really good because we want the sport to be strong in our country. So when you've got, you know, the younger generation coming through, winning Olympic medals, and obviously Ailish um, got the British mm -hmm. record in the 5K, and um, we want distance running to be strong, all the whole events in our sport to be strong, because um, it's good for everybody in the sport because it gives the sport um, those role models, and then youngsters want to come into the sport more and everything. But, yeah, it's been really exciting to see how well they've done and it's good to see you wouldn't want the opposite where you haven't got these new role <laughs> models coming through because that's not good for the sport and so that's been amazing I mean they've done so well really pleased for them we, we've got kind of like a little bit of the the American bias where we look at kind of your generation where it was kind of Kara and Shalane setting kind of that tone as like the role models for this current generation was it you and kind of like paula like at the time is would you say like you guys are the karen shalane of the uk in that time i mean well obviously paula's achieved massive things <laughs> been world record holder in the marathon and won so much and um you know she was always like doing those sort of performances and weirdly um we moved up distances like after you know one after each other is yeah. in um obviously paula was achieving faster time and she got the world record and everything but actually we didn't um we raced against each other as schoolgirls. but then wow. she moved up in distance i was like she started doing 5k i was doing 1500 and then i did 5k and she was doing 10k <laughs> and then i do 5k 10k she's gone on to the marathon so we were not really just the way it worked out not um, running the same event mm -hmm. at championships, even though we were teammates, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah, I mean, it was um, 
nice to like have her there on the team and everything and um, yeah I mean I've always been grateful to be in the sport for a number of years because I've been able to be on the team and hopefully um, be able to give advice to younger teammates like when I was at the Rio Olympics both my teammates were 20 years younger than me that were in my (laughs) event and um, it was just nice that rather than just be a team manager I could actually be in the call room with them and give them advice and of course they encouraged me with their young enthusiasm it's their first Olympics and that was really nice and it felt a privileged position to have been able to you know go to an Olympics at that stage. Mm -hmm. Um, You obviously know what you're doing and like you're training and you know your body better than anyone are you working with coaches still or are you you know in charge of what you do on a day-to-day basis because obviously you have vast knowledge of how to get yourself prepared for the biggest races. Yeah, I mean, my husband is my coach. We've always um, worked together for a number of years and that's been really nice to work towards goals together. And I think it's easier to work around family life. Like we were chatting with a lot of athletes earlier that having that flexibility around the family life can actually mean you can really prioritise which bits of training are important and when you're going to do them. And that's been really helpful. And, you know, he's really supportive. So we've enjoyed working together. I mean, day to day, you know, obviously listen to my body and um, decide what can be done and what can't be done and and stuff. But yeah, just still enjoying that. Yeah. What goals, I guess, do you still have out there for yourself with running? Because it's so funny, like at tonight's event, it's so focused on like PRs and like the percentage you can probably try and drop off of it. And like, there's a bonus for that kind of stuff. And, and for you, I guess, having set your PRs a while back, you know, that that's like not within reach tonight. And so like PRs are kind of like a thing that at some point everyone has to kind of let go mm. for you. What, what is it that you now kind of set as, as your goals, like whether it's annually or like a bucket list that you've got that for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited to be here. I still feel so honoured that I can be in an event like this um, with with great athletes here. And obviously promoting new shoes is all really exciting. And Soccer have done a great job of that. And I just feel privileged to be here. And I'm going to run as hard as I can. And like I was saying, I'm not going to probably get a PB tonight, but um, I'm going to enjoy it. And I just, um, I really want to, get some more training in over the next few weeks as well and maybe enter some 10Ks, half marathons and that because I've been very lucky in recent times that I've been involved with quite a lot of running events Mm -hmm. that have kept me busy and kept me in the world of athletics and running Um, but it's been quite busy as far as um, getting down the track as much as I'd like and stuff like I've had the honour of like hosting the running show and things like that and it's all been lovely to get involved in those sort of things and um, it's sort of also made it quite busy but it's kind of I just love being in the world of running and Mm -hmm. and um yeah being at an event like this I'm just so excited so are your kids runners do you think they will be runners obviously you know coming from a family of some great times and accomplishments are they gonna have pressure on them to maybe follow in the footsteps I mean, I think like all parents, I want my kids to find what they love. I mean, they do love running. My son would go running with me a bit, but he does Surf Life Saving Club where they swim right out to sea and and he does a bit of running with that. And my daughter, um, I think maybe she could be quite good at running, but she's only just turned eight and she plays football now and she loves swimming and everything. And I'm kind of thinking that, you know, I didn't really start doing any proper running till I was at least 13, 14. And that's the thing, isn't it? There's so many years ahead of them and you want them to just have a general sort of um, 
go at all sorts of sports and activities because also they both do drama club which they love and and then I think you know it's not gonna be long till I get them down the athletic club and see if they enjoy that but it's just I think when they're young it's important for them to find their passion because if you find something you love doing you want to keep doing it and that's why I've kept running because I found running I thought yeah I just love this and it's the enjoyment that's kept me going and has um, allowed me to train hard because I want to do it you know how have you sort of like also taken a, a, a step to uh, like observe all these advances that have happened within the sport? We talked about it on, on the stage a little bit too about how, you know, back when you were at your first Olympics and on the track, like it was totally different spikes and surfaces and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I feel like there's definitely like two ways where it's like you can be the cranky, uh, you know, old athlete who is like, oh, back in my day, we used to run on this. And like we did, our times are probably better because we didn't have, you know, these advances. But at the same time, you're a beneficiary of these advances because it's extended your career. So how have you sort of observed like all, you know, the changes over the past uh, two decades, really? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, some people talk about there being like almost two lists, like so there's different world records now that have got all these innovations in the footwear, both on the track and on the road. Um, I think it's also a very exciting time. I mean, I'm really excited about the launch of the Saucony Endorphin Pro Plus because mm -hmm. um, it's exciting to talk about technology and definitely, like you said, it does help prolong your career because now I can go out and I don't get such sore legs and I was just saying earlier, I don't need to wear long compression socks when I wear these shoes which is the first time I'd ever think of racing without wearing long socks because you just don't need them because the legs are so much more protected but I think um you know in the world of athletics it's added a lot of interest in the sport a lot of promotion so there definitely is that side of it I think um a couple of the other athletes mentioned the fact that um you know at one point um maybe you know other companies didn't have the shoes and stuff like that, but we're lucky with Saucony that they have come up with a great shoe. But now the technology's out there. I think the technology has made the sport exciting and we are all appreciative of new technology and everything. But yeah, there are um, thoughts of like, oh, should we have a world record? You know, and you see people <laughs> who have got world records and then have their world record broken and they're thinking, oh, you know, I haven't got a world record, but for someone who has, <laughs> if they had their world record broken, they're thinking, could they still have an old shoe world record? Because now we've got these right. exciting innovations coming through. Um, you know, obviously it could be benefiting athletes and helping athletes to get really fast times. A quick break now to tell you a little bit about a new sponsor behind the podcast. It's Hustle Clean. You might remember them from when they helped sponsor some of the races and even the drone during the Trials of Miles Qualifier Series. Hustle Clean is a mission-driven self-care brand for the active lifestyle. It was created by athletes for high performers that want to do more and be more without compromise. The Hustle Clean Body Wipe is an extra-large, durable, full body wipe designed to remove sweat, dirt, and body odor in moments when a shower is optimal but not possible. Their products are safe on sensitive skin, hypoallergenic, paraben-free, and infused with aloe vera, vitamin E, and witch hazel. Personally, I've loved using their lavender-scented one. I carry them in my bag for after my runs because we've all been in these situations. You finish a long run or a workout in the summer and the fall, and you want to meet your friends for brunch or dinner afterward, and you, you just don't have the time for a shower, you don't have the ability to get to one, the Hustle Clean Body Wipe holds you over. Get rid of that sweat, get yourself smelling good, toss on a t-shirt, and you're good to go. Hustle Clean is sold nationwide in Walmart, Target, and Amazon. 
Sidious Mag podcast listeners, listen up. Get a deal and save 10% off all of their products when you visit hustleclean.com and use code Sidious at checkout. That's C-I-T-I-U-S when you visit hustleclean.com. So over the course of, I guess, I don't know how long you consider, 25 plus years of running, we're talking about the promotion of the sport and the shoes. Is there any other aspect of the sport that you've seen change or that you would like to see maybe go back to the way it was or things that need to continue to be pushed in just the overall promotion of the sport and making it more popular and bringing in the, you know, the people who are running on the weekends or doing the park runs, but maybe aren't paying attention to what's happening at the front and at the Olympics, maybe? Yeah, no, you're right. I think, um, you know, we need even more attention on the sport and everything, um, but it's great to see um, a lot of mass participation runners. And with the pandemic, there's been such a positive thing about people getting out running because it's such a positive thing, not only for fitness, but for their mental health. And there's been a lot of talk about that. And I think um, that's been a good thing that a lot of people have found running. And I've known a lot of my friends who have started out running because before they just used to go to the gym. And now that they couldn't do that during the pandemic, they found running. And that's been a really, really positive thing. Um, As far as athletics, of course, the obvious thing is anti-doping more needs to be done to catch cheats I think you know there's still work to do in that respect there has been strides forward like we talk about samples being able to be retested um, and stuff but there's definitely still work to do because the clean athletes are still not always getting what they deserve so that on a negative note obviously you know we have to say that there's always more that can be done Um, but on the positive side I think running is going from strength to strength like you say maybe more needs to be done to get people to notice wow what these runners are doing on the track and and stuff because um like you say that a lot of people are finding running but they're not always aware of wow the top athletes are running this fast on the track and they deserve the notice for doing that so i need i kind of want to get the the inside story of how it is that, that you found out about the metal upgrade because funny enough i listened to like a runner's world podcast a couple of years back i was actually the one who found some article in like uh turkey about elvin abelagese testing like testing positive on a resample and it was like in turkish and i had it translated there was no other like major english media that had picked up on this yet taking credit but i was the one who (laughs) called shalane and kara and let them know and i still have the recording on on my phone of like kara crying about hearing about this for the first time same thing with kind of Shalane being in a state of shock and sort of also feeling a little weird as to like are, are you sure and it's and it's like well I'm just telling you what I just read and you know at the same time they're like but like why hasn't like World Athletics said anything like to me like right away or anything like that and I was like well maybe it's because like it's literally just a couple minutes ago I'm just seeing this report from Turkey um, and so it's funny because they learned from me I want to know who told you because you're the other one who kind of got upgraded as a result of, of the these uh, sample retestings. Yeah, I think it kind of started filtering through, but um, I was the same in that it was people from the media um, that were telling me first rather than it being from official athletics yeah. federations of any type. Um, yeah, definitely I knew via media and then you think, are these rumours true or anything you haven't been told? And, um, and then you think, oh, it's too good to be true because, of course... Um, during your career there's been other um championships where Mm -hmm. you feel like you've lost out and you just think well I've lost out and like um one year um 
I was fourth in the European Championships and all three of them ahead of me have since been banned, but because they didn't, um, I suppose, test positive on that day and when they got caught it was yeah. afterwards. I mean, it's all just really silly because I think all their results should be annulled, you know, if they've been caught in the future because obviously it's very obvious they would have cheated to do what they did. Yeah. But yeah, and, and it's just, um, it became a sad thing that you just, you know, have to think, well, that can happen to you. So when you get told 10 years later that something has been done about something, and like I remember a lot of my friends in the village said to me, were you surprised that that girl was cheating? And I said, no, I wasn't surprised because I had my suspicions about that particular athlete. Mm -hmm. I was more just shocked that I would be informed 10 years later that something had been done about it. And um, yeah, it was the same for me. It was um, the media, but I was grateful at the time for everyone who had um, put in the effort to, um, you know, in the same with Cara, she was upgraded to silver. Mm -hmm. We were grateful um, for everyone that had put the efforts into enabling us to have those medals even after that many years. It was very grateful. Yeah, it was funny because it was like uh, the call, the initial call on the reports were 2015, and then it still took two years to actually like get the medals in, in your hands. Um, and it was so fascinating just like how long the process took. I actually joked to Kara, I was like, so does this mean like you've got to find your medal in your house, mail it to Joe, and then like <laughs> someone's got to track down the medal in Turkey and like go snatch it and like give it, take it away and like give it away. But I guess like you guys just got like new medals, brand new medals and they were just handed to them but it was just so so funny for me to to kind of hear just kind of the three different stories of how everyone found out i'm going off script here on this question uh but why do you think athletes dope like do you like from like a really core philosophy yeah. standpoint like what is going on like why does it happen so often it is very hard to understand why it happens i agree because you just think when you're up there running or if you do get on a podium how could you be standing there and you've got your family and friends especially you know people have got kids and they're still doing it. And you think how could you stand there and um firstly enjoy the fact that you've won something or also just think well these people have all supported me they're cheering me they're emotional that I've got this performance I've got this medal and you've cheated I just don't get it I mean I suppose um you know maybe greed wanting that plaudits but also the financial gains that happen because of getting those performances but it's just I, I just can't imagine why you would want to achieve something and then think I haven't achieved that and just the lying and but it's just horrible and what is also happening is the people that are suffering not only the people that are not getting medals but I've seen it happen where people aren't getting to go to the Olympics because mm -hmm. somebody who got picked for that country is not even going to the Olympic Games and regardless of getting medals to go to an Olympic Games is such a massive life experience and something that you'll have for the rest of your life and people are not getting on teams and you've seen that happen in a lot of nations where there's been you know more sort of institutionalized doping and then they've got the clean athletes they've got no chance of getting on the team and that's just as sad because to say you're an olympian is a massive deal and um yeah i just can't understand it i agree with you you just can't really yeah. totally understand it can you a question that i would get a lot you know people ask is it still prevalent is it going on a lot and in my career i wouldn't have even known where to begin like if i had made <laughs> mm. the decision i wanted to dope i don't i google it like <laughs> yeah. and i guess maybe it's uh you know a coach or management or something mm. or the institutionalized but i guess in your opinion is it getting better are we improving like are today's athletes cleaner than they were 20 years ago um 
I don't know. I mean, the thing is, there's more out of competition testing and you've seen that um, happen in nations where it wasn't happening at all and that has helped to catch some of the athletes that were just knowing that they could not have out of competition that's definitely helped but I think it would be hard to say that there's not um, you know suspect performances mm -hmm. going on but I don't want to you know on a such a positive day like this where yeah, we're yeah. really excited about the event tonight and we're all excited to be here you just feel like you know, it's like when I go and um, talk in schools and you've got these negative issues, you want to portray the positivity of, wow, this is such a great thing to be involved with, you know, running and sport and events. And, and um, even though it's frustrating, you want to put that positive message out because you want kids to get involved. You want to celebrate being together as runners. And when I look back at my career and Yes, I am very, very frustrated of what my career could have been, but the same for so many athletes, not just a sob story about me. When I think about what my career should have been, um, like so many athletes think that, you've just got to think, yeah, but I've travelled all over the world, I've mm -hmm. met amazing people, yeah. I've enjoyed competing at Olympic Games, and aren't I a lucky person to have had that, you know? And um, that's kind of the message that I want to take forward as well, because, of course, I'm gutted about people that cheat but you want to still think of the positives about our wonderful sport as well but yeah it's there's still work to do I yeah. agree we spoke uh, about obviously with this event about the the idea of going after your own personal best and the innovation that is shoes another thing is the wave -like technology yeah and this is I think the first time that it's being done on a road, on a road course race, yeah. have you yeah. had the opportunity no. to do it with wave -like? and I guess no I've only seen seen it on TV at yeah. track meets and think, oh, wow, I'd love to try that. And I think that um, Sokini have done a great job to get that system working and it's going to be great for the companies well, doing the wave lights. But yeah, they're going to have different paces and um, I'm excited to be involved in an event that has that going on, definitely, because I would have never had the chance. Yeah. You know, I've completely retired so and never people. done it. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done it? You, no, no. No, I've, I mean, I'd love to test it out someday on a track if I want. I've never broken five minutes for the mile. I really want to do that and just set those lights to seven 75 seconds per lap and maybe someday I'll get it done. Yeah, you need yeah. 74 to see that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we were speaking yesterday with the guys who are here setting it up and we we're discussing some of the challenges and it's on a track, you know, the 400 meters yeah. is measured 400 meters yeah. around, but the tangents of the road and whatnot, I feel like Play make things yeah. a little bit more complicated. <laughs> I, they've got a task ahead of them setting that up. Yeah, and like you say, on a 400 meter track, it would have to be a standard setup. They mm -hmm. know what's happening, and yeah. then there you go, set up your 400 meter track going on in this. Yeah, it's taking it to a new level, definitely. So before we get to the final questions that I ask every guest on this show, I kind of, I just asked this to Elliot Kipchoge when we sat down and recorded something a couple weeks ago. I want your top five uh, best competitors that you've faced off in a race because you've, you've, you have a wide range of people you've raced multiple times. Who are the top five, like, fiercest, hardest to beat? Um, like, who comes to mind when, when, you, when you really kind of look back on, on your career? People I've raced against. Yeah. Oh, um, That's hard. I mean, Kelly Holmes, obviously. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, it was funny. I've got a story about her that one time um her spikes didn't arrive because we she'd flown to the meeting and her spikes didn't arrive and um 
my race was just before hers and the only thing she could do was wear my shoes so I had to cross the line and then literally hers was in that race so as soon as I crossed the line I took my shoes off and she put them on and she ran 800 meters in it was either 156 or 158 but wow. it was like my spikes are never going to run that fast don't <laughs> but, get used to this spikes. <laughs> yeah so I mean she's someone I really admire and um, I was roommates with her a lot and she was always really encouraging to me when I first started in my career um, obviously Paula Radcliffe mm-hmm. um, I mean Dina Caster yeah. yeah amazing she got Olympic medal didn't she in the marathon um, god it's hard I, it I didn't get warned about this I, I mean there's so many people isn't there um, I'm glad you've never asked me that question yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I remember actually at the start of my career I, I actually got to race in a race that on the track and it had um, Yvonne Murray in and I remember mm-hmm. going there and um, I hadn't actually, I don't think I've ever raced Liz McColgan, I okay. mean she is someone I looked up to because she won the world championships you know but I don't think I actually got to race her but I did get to race Yvonne Murray, obviously I was nowhere near her when I yeah. raced her, she was way ahead of me. But Did um, you ever think you would race Liz's daughter? Like, yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> English, as a, yeah, as a kid. <laughs> English has now got the British record, um, yeah. Yeah, so, I guess through like the transitive property, yeah. they've now raced each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny to think. Yeah, right. how many have I done? Have I, I got think two was, more? I think it was four, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, yeah, one more. I mean, there'll be really obvious people that I should have said and I'm not saying them um were the Dababa Dababa yeah I mean obviously I raced um you know Tiranesh Dababa and um I like Defar from a, a rivalry yeah, perspective yeah. especially like. yeah obviously I raced them a lot and it was always like um which one was going to win out of them two <laughs> and then there was a time when I mean I know the world records have gone much faster now but when I was in both races where the world record was broken by one of them and then a few weeks later broken by the other one I can't remember which order and oh, I was in really? both those races <laughs> yeah. but not close to them <laughs> that's funny but, um, yeah but I mean I've had the honor of racing lots of um mm-hmm. amazing athletes and a lot of people that do a very fast last lap yeah. you know below 60 seconds <laughs> and that's always very daunting definitely all right so final questions I ask every guest first one is what's the meanest thing you've ever read about yourself on let'srun.com have you visited much? Or just yeah, the no, internet? I have looked at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I suppose um like if I'm being interviewed and you see in the press, not necessarily let's run, but if if you feel like, oh that sounds a bit big headed, you know, if you feel like you've done a nice genuine interview and it's they sort of not said what you have actually yeah, said yeah, yeah. and stuff. We're gonna but edit I think this I'm, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> um I suppose let's run maybe I've had things like I've often had people say, oh, that looks really sad when I've worn the long socks. Like, oh, what really? does she think she looks like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like she looks so square and untrendy. <laughs> I've had that. And, um, you know, people said that sort of thing, but yeah. that didn't put me off wearing them at the time because I thought, well, I need them, you know, at that stage. But, um, yeah, not what anymore. Else were, yeah, not anymore. That's what I was saying. I'm not going to wear them tonight. I don't need them now. But, um, yeah, trying to think anything else, really. Um, yeah, I think it's just sometimes um, you feel like if in the media if something's written that you haven't said or mm-hmm. you feel like you come across as something you'd feel embarrassed about. Yeah. Like, um, I hate it if the journalist decides to write something like, oh, yes, I think I can win or something. And, and you just <laughs> feel like, oh, that is so embarrassing how big-headed that would be. And you haven't said it, but they decide <laughs> that they want you to say that. <laughs> so they write it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing I really hate because you just... 
you know, you respect everybody else's running. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everyone wants to run. But, you know, when people put out this statement that it's really yeah, big-headed yeah. and you think, oh, just because they want me to have said that, they can't just write it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's such a British take. Americans are like, I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> What's the funniest drug testing story you have? Um, I was trying to think. I mean, drug testing is not really funny in that you w- you want them to do it. I suppose um, I have had drug testers turn up at my house when I was breastfeeding. That oh, really? happened to me. It's not really funny, but it's unusual yeah. maybe yeah, because yeah. Um, you just literally, that happened to me. I was breastfeeding in my house and the drug tester turns up. Um, another time, because obviously you have to say where you're going to mm-hmm. be at what time, but there's a, there was um, ones where you have to be in a certain place during an hour but you always have to provide your whereabouts for the whole 24 hours but if it's a totally a random one you just need to um be there in 24 hours but of course your hour slot where you have to be there you have to be there Mm -hmm. but this was a random one where you know obviously I'd given what was there so um I came back from a fish and chip van with loads and loads of fish and chips to find them waiting there and I just felt like I'm meant to be an athlete here and like you know because I was in my prime and I just like oh hello I'm just laden with lots of um fish and chips and not really showing myself as um an elite athlete diet but I mean not that you know you should have treats and I think talking about diet I think that's why um, I've also kept going for a number of years because I know um, when to sort of make sure, okay, right, really strict now and then not be so strict, but generally eat a good nutritious diet and enough calories to sustain many years mm-hmm. of running. And that's important. You see so many people getting stress fractures and stuff. But yeah, I don't know any other funny stories. So many stories. just heard you say that and are like, I guess I got to eat more fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, they don't have to be a runner, they could be a celebrity, where would the run take place and who would it be with? Um, I mean, I loved it when we were backpacking in New Zealand. Okay. It was just awesome. Like It seemed like everywhere was so beautiful. Um, I've also enjoyed, um, you know, training in Colorado, in Flagstaff mm-hmm. and Boulder, absolutely beautiful locations totally loved that um if i could run with someone that if you say it doesn't have to be a runner yeah. i've always been a big u2 fan so if i go for a, a run with bono from u2 right. i don't know well, whether yeah. whether he would want to go for a run but i mean he, i'm sure, he I'm sure he'd, yeah. he could run because he you know he's always been really like athletic on stage and yeah. um and that but yeah i just think that would be amazing but um Obviously, he's not an athlete, but it'd be cool to go on a run yeah. with him. Oh, of course. Yeah. What about Rod Dixon showing you around New Zealand? I saw the, yeah. the big picture of him <laughs> out there with his Sockneys, I think, yeah. after the New the York OG City yeah. Yeah. You know, he'd be a good tour guide. Yeah, yeah and it's funny because when I went um, backpacking around the world back in 1996, I went with a shoe packed in my bag to embark on trying to make myself into an international athlete. And I took a pair of um, Sockney jazz. And so I attribute, you know, Sockney um, being the start of my athletics career. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I'd love to go back and run around New Zealand. Last one has nothing to do with running. It's an off the wall question. It's you get 25 shots from half court on a basketball court. If you make one, you win $25 million. But if you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt those shots? Well, no, you wouldn't, would you? Because if you ended up in jail, that would be <laughs> not very good, would it? And then, you know, that's I'm happy anyway. That's the yeah. smart answer, for yeah. sure. There's, there's a bunch of athletes who are just like, yeah, I'll risk it. And it's no, like, oh. it's all about being happy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and like to risk being in jail just because you're trying to risk, you know, life is money, about yeah. enjoyment, not about trying to 
Mm-hmm. risk loads of money but you could be in jail now i don't yeah. think that's a good choice do you really no all right perfect well joe thank you so much for doing this this is a lot of fun i'm looking forward to, to seeing you in action tonight no thanks so much for having me on the podcast and you guys are great and well done for everything that you're doing and yeah look forward to tonight thanks very much the city of smack podcast is a production of the city of smack podcast network it is produced and edited by mike zerzolo did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.